Hey everyone, this is Amos from Just Being Amos Podcast. I have Julie and Seth with me today. This is episode four of this podcast, and today we are going to talk about Heroes Cat. Yes, Hero Cat. For you guys out there, Hero Cats are is a book for action lab comics about cats. Cats that fight crime. That's right. Hero cats. Hero cats. So today I have the colorist. Yay. Julie. Uh, also a friend of mine. Hello. You uh, this is her first podcast she ever done, and uh, she says she's nervous, but I don't think she's <laughs> nervous. You know what I'm saying? So. As she laughs nervously. Yes. She is sleep deprived. I am sleep deprived. Yo, tell me why you sleep deprived. Cause I'm my deadline is Sunday, and I want to get the book out on time. It's going to be on time. So okay. Make sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me the process that you go through every day doing Heroes Cat. Well, I What's mean, the process? the process, I mean, just from the colorist standpoint. Yes. Okay, so basically, um, Ryan, the inker, Ryan Sellers, the inker, sends me um, the files, uh, and they're all black and white, and I am lucky enough to have a flatter uh, right now, and that's what I actually used to do on the book before I became a colorist, because it's sort of like a pre-step uh, for coloring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what you're doing. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll send those files out to the flatter and they'll get it everything ready for me. And then when it comes back to me, it's ready for me to basically, and all I do is pretty much paint in the colors in Photoshop using a bunch of different methods. Um, and just, you know, I'll try to read the script and, you know, this is a night scene, so I'm like trying to do lots of blues and stuff like that. Or there's like a lot of action, so I'm trying to do like really punchy colors and, and, you know. So the cats punch each other? I mean, I never read. Oh, Rocco! Rocco, actually, he's my favorite cat. He's sort of their bruiser. He's like their big cat, and um, he's never lost a fight. So he he does a lot of his um, fighting. He's basically their tank. Like he'll be like on the front line, like you know, bowling into people and being like. Oh, he's expendable. <laughs> he's not expendable. No. He doesn't lose. Oh, right. He's their tank. I'm trying to think of a comparable. He's not their Superman. He's their Hulk. He's, he's their Hulk. Hulk. Yes. He's a big bruiser. He's yeah. a big bruiser, but he's a sweetheart. Like, he loves movies and stuff, and he's just all, like, every time they get, you know, sent somewhere, like, the, my first issue where they, they end up in the Old West, he's like, oh my gosh, there's going to be train, oh yeah, he's, um, there's going to be, like, train robberies and, and all this cool stuff, and he's just really excited because he watches a lot of movies, so he's sort of the Buddhist one, because he's just always excited no matter what situation they're in he's happy to be there okay so, okay but each cat has a different um a, like something that they bring to the table so, so each cat have their own skill set right right okay. So okay i can go through them if you'd like so what you say it again i can go through them if you'd like we can we can you read the book right so i've read the book no. and your take on the book um i really enjoy it there's I read, as I said, for younger stuff on occasion. You know, I'm looking for stuff for my niece now who's four. And so I read a lot of the kids' books just seeing what's good, what's worth reading. Okay. And there's unfortunately a big thing with a lot of quote-unquote all-ages book where it's really a young reader's book. Right. And it is written for four-year-olds, and really if you're not four, you're probably not going to be into it. Right. But with it's kind of like with Atomic Robo, which is another one of our favorites, it is one of those books where... I read it because I enjoy it. Like, it's not just because, you know, my wife's working on the book. That's one of the things I enjoyed about the book ahead of time, just working on it, was that it is a book for everybody. It's not just for 
young kids. Yeah, and so. for the guys, for the people who are listening, Julie used to work at a comic book shop also. Doctor so, knows. Doctor knows. Support your local local comic book shop. Yes, always do. Always. <laughs> you know, and um, how many years did you work there before becoming a colorist? Oh, gosh. Um, something like nine or ten years. Oh, yeah. Off and on, Off yeah. and on. There was, there was a one and a half year break where I went out to Las Vegas. But Ooh, Las Vegas. Sin City. Yeah. You were there too, I said. I was there at the time. Oh, okay. That's why she came out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what so, she tells me. <laughs> yes. That, that's the only reason. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah. cool. So, so Seth, I know you know you're a comic book enthusiast. True, you know, and um, what did you think about um the comics now? I mean, because literally you've been reading comics for a long time. You know? Yeah, since oh, there was a used bookstore we used to go to when I was probably about seven or eight. I know it was before 1984. Because we've been going there for a little bit when a Dark Knight dropped. Right. And we got issue one from there. And, you know, my mom waited in line for us so we could get a copy. And so, yes, for three decades I've been reading. Right, And right. then, you know, going back and reading old stuff, too, and just kind of seeing how it developed. Now, and we've talked about this for you and I before. Right. I Right now we are buying from Marvel Comics, we are getting Miss Marvel. Right. And from DC, we are getting Batman because Julie is determined to keep making sure that we buy Batman books. And he's a favorite. He's he is my favorite superhero. Is he a superhero or a vigilante? He is a he's a masked man. Yes, there you go. He's a masked avenger. He's a masked avenger. See, people get that kind of confused with him sometimes. Well, there's the Grant Morrison line I think about where a tribute character. My powers, I'm rich enough to do anything I want. Although, with Batman, it's not just the money, though. It's the determination. And the training. And the training. Anybody could be Batman. As long as they're a billionaire with the resources to fly around the world and train, and they've got an eidetic memory and a perfect physique. (laughs) Well, what he puts himself through to maintain that physique. True. I'm not saying he doesn't work for it. He's just got a head start. He he earned that. Yes. He did work for it. Yeah, I I agree with that. It depends what the writer, who's writing it, man. Because Grant Morrison wrote Batman, what? Ooh, not too long ago, way back in two thousand. And that was a little. There was some really cool stuff. Yeah, and there was some pretty weird stuff. Now, me honestly, if Batman, for me, Batman is like he just showed human, a monster, God, Superman, Wonder yeah. Woman, and he's a man in a mask. But then, like you said, the determination, the willpower, and he's a great detective too. True. And um, that's why I like Batman. I mean, super. Well, we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna keep going about Julie. Which I'm um, Julie. Uh, so anyway, back to Heroes Cat. Now, Action Lab Comics is really new, right? Yes. So, as far as I know, yes. Yeah. So, how did they approach you the first time? Well, they they didn't approach me. It was funny. Um, I was working at Doctor Knows, and uh, Kyle, the writer of the book and basically the the head guy on on Hero Cats, mm-hmm. um, had come in to uh, show a sample to Cliff. Uh, to try and you know drum up business for uh, the book and everything because they were coming out with their first issue soon and I uh, heard him talking and I finally kind of like worked up the nerve to go say it's like hey do you need a colorist because I am you know looking to break in I've done some work before but nothing that's really seen print and he's like well we need a flatter right now and right. that's actually how I got in I was like cool I can do that so I ended up being the flatter okay. for a long while. 
Okay, I mean, I'm I'm trying to new. I'm kind of new to the terms and everything as far as making a book. So, what is the flatter? So, when you get the black and white uh, uh, file, basically, mm -hmm. um, when you're painting in Photoshop and um, you're trying to say I select one of the cats, like I select Brocco, right? And I start to paint, you know, paint him in, and I don't like what I've done with some of the rendering. Um, in order to be able to select him again easily the next time, because the way that I'm getting technical here, so oh, go ahead. The, I mean, the way the magic wand tool works, um, once I've painted him in or like painted the the flat like gray that is his face, it would be hard to just click on him and select him again. Right. So when you have your flats, um, basically you work with that. On uh, how I work is it, it's a layer underneath your colors. Right. And um, say I want to go back in and select Rocco again. With the flatting, I can just go and um, magic wand that on that layer, and then on the layer above, I'm able to work on it again and, and do different things. So, so it's different layers then? Uh, I, I use a lot of different layers. Okay. Um, I, I think some colorists use a ton of layers because they'll do um, different uh, blending options and things like that. Uh, I tend to try to do more just painting on a single layer. I'll use other layers for like effects and things like glows from suns and fire. There's a lot of fire in, in this one I'm working on now. Fire. Fire. Cats and fire. Cats and fire. Wow. Yep. Next combination. Yes. All we need is water. They run from water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, cool. So, Seth, back to you. Okay. I know you, know, you are a teacher. Yes. You know, do you implement some of your work, like, with the comic books, you know, you ever use a comic book for your work sometimes? Not a great deal. Yeah. I teach math, so there's not a oh. ton of relevance. Oh, um, math. I do decorate my room. Like they, I've got some Alex Ross posters. I've got the George Perez Infinite Crisis poster. Oh, that's I've a got, huge poster, man. Yeah, um, I've got the, the, the full sheet one. Oh, really? Uh, we got that at a free comic book day for knowing the Fraggle Rock theme song when we were out in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, thank you to Comics Oasis out in Las Vegas. <laughs> also famous faces and funnies down in Florida. My my original LCBS. Right. And so I've got the posters up in there so the kids come in and know that I read comic books. Right. And so they get a little bit of personality. And I remember having a couple girls come up to me last semester and I also have some My Little Pony stuff in the room and my Judge Dread toys and a few other things. And they said, um, Mr. Barclay, so what does your wife think about all this? <laughs> she works in a comic book store. Oh, and suddenly it all made sense to them. So wow. they, they know my personality. I keep comics in the room for kids to read if they're bored and things like that, if they've got their work done. So, and the kids will come up to me and talk to me like, hey, Mr. Barkley, what do you think about the Flash show? What do you think about the Batman Superman movie coming out? What do you think about? So it, it builds rapport with the students. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Cause yeah. you know, I used to be in um, education too. For 13 years, I used to get my comic books and let the kids read it. Like one day, I was in the comic book shop and I'm just getting my books and I'm like, I'm looking at this kid. I said, I know this kid, and he looks at me, Mr. Pace. Oh, my name is I'm not I'm not gonna say my whole name, but anyway, he saw me and called my name out, and I was like, so and so shoes. Yeah, so how you been? Well, I'm okay. I mean, I've been kicked out of school. I said, Oh my God, kicked out of school, and I asked him the details and whatever, right. but. He was in the comic book shop, and he's told me that Mr. Um, I'm not gonna say my last name. <laughs> um, I still got those books you gave me. I still got them in the bag and boards. And you know, when he said that to me, I'm like, wow, that kid actually kept those books that I gave him to read. Oh yeah, you set someone on the path. Yeah, on the path, you know, and that, that's kind of make you happy, man. When you know the the hobbies that I like, 
like collecting comic books and reading comic books and I let this kid see it and read it, he found it interesting, it, it makes you kind of happy, you know. Although I don't want to know what happened while he was out of kick out of school, but yeah. in the meantime, he remembered that. Right. You and still made a connection that might make a difference. Yeah, and so I, I like that, you know what I'm saying? That's I, kind of my favorite thing working at, one of my favorite things about working at Dr. Nose was that whole, when you have a customer come in, especially like a newer customer, right. and they don't know what to read, and you're able to get them to the point, for me it was always, well, what kind of TV shows do you like, what kind of books do you like, and you can steer them towards something, and when they come back in, they're like, I loved what you recommended I'm like yes that's that was like one of my favorite things it's just kind of sharing something new with somebody and they end up loving it and you're like yay yeah that's why I like about Dr. Nose and those comic book shop that if you new to the um the genre or the you know kind of books reading yeah. and everything and people come up to the comic book shop I think it's sometimes the person the retailer then exactly not know what they're talking about but recommend they're, 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 um, they're, they're, um, kind of book. They read whatever. Yeah. And, you know, if the person acts like the Flash, you know, everybody watched the Flash, the Arrow, even Legends of Tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, now they got a comic book for Legends of Tomorrow. Smart. It's smart, right? Exactly. And that's marketing, yeah. you know, and, um, it's a cool thing because the way Hollywood is now, superheroes is the thing. Well, one of the things with my students, I was going to say before, if you look at my first year teaching 13 years ago and now, I don't think a day goes by where I don't have a student wearing a Batman or a Flash or a Star Labs or something like that. I'm like, great. So the kids, when I talk about it now, like, they know who I'm talking about. They're conversant with the characters. It's not just nerd culture anymore. It's not. It's pop culture. Yeah. It's pop culture. If I say Green Lantern or Flash, they don't say, what? Yeah, because, you no, know, back in the day, like, oh, man, look at that. You're a comic book nerd. But now, it's, it's acceptable. Yeah. It's acceptable, which is kind of cool. I mean, I mean, I I collected comics, man. My mom threw some away and everything like that. I was on back and forth. I wasn't consistent with it, but now I get comic books every other week when I can. But I can't say for you two guys, we're well, way behind right now. We're three weeks between Julie trying to get deadline, and I'm just finishing my uh, finishing another education degree. So I'm almost done. <laughs> Next week I can start making a regular trip again. That's one of the things about working at home is the whole you should be working. Right. So yeah. I'm reading right now. I should be downstairs coloring. Right. <laughs> when I was in college the first time, you know, every Wednesday, my friend Bill and I, we'd get out of class. We'd go hit, we'd go down to Famous Faces, then we'd go hit Wendy's. We'd read our books at the table, talk about what we were reading. That's half the fun. Yeah. I didn't really have anybody discuss the books with when I first started reading. Yeah. So I came in with the cross-gen stuff. Right. That's kind of what got me in. So I'm still very new to comics and still discovering a lot of it. Right. So. right. I still miss Ruse. Yes. Yeah, I mean... I liked Route 666. So, like me, I was all back and forth. So, I mean, I find it very consistent. I'm consistent not getting my comics. And sometimes I try to go back and read some of the older stuff. But some of the older stuff is getting trades now. True. Yeah. And for me, and Seth knows this, like, even when I'm downstairs watching TV, I'll tend to go back to stuff I already know, like I've reread re Hellboy like three times already right. now because I love it and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and we've got, you know, I, I have aggressively pruned my collection over the years when I was living out in Las Vegas. I still mostly bought my books at Famous Spaces in right. Florida. I met and, the owner, right? Yeah, yeah, Rick. Rick, okay. Yeah, and 
I w- my general rule was I had to bring to Florida at least as many books as I was going to bring back from Florida because right. I decided I was not going to buy any more long boxes. See, you see, you were lucky. You had a comic book shop to go to. Me, person, me on okay. the other hand, I got my comic books from a grocery store. Okay. And you know, I used to order within the comic book. You know, back in the day, right? You get an, um, you open up the book, you see Mile High comic, you see East Coast comic, and I had to like order from there inside the comic book to get my books. Oh, wow. I'm from a little small town in Mississippi, you know, and I had to order my books through there. We did a few orders to fill in back issues because, as I said, when I was young, used com- you know used bookstore that had some comics, but from seventh grade forward. There was a Stargate Comics in Florida that we used to go to. They closed down, but just as Famous Faces was opening. Right. I've had Famous Faces since 1994. Right. Well, I'm really spoiled. I've only ever had Dr. Nose. And, Which I mean, is a great story. Yeah, I was just saying. It is a great sp- story, but like for me, like I said, I used to, I'm from the country, man. I'm from Mississippi, and I used to order my stuff through comic books, through the mail. Yeah. And I used to get them like that, and they didn't know how to treat the comics that well and through oh. the mail. So I would get beat up comics sometimes. And it's you up get until I. They're folded in half? Yeah, and it's up until when my uncle moved to Georgia and I visited him for the first time. I went to Titan, Titan, Titan Comics. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first time I went to a comic book shop. Wow. And that was back in 1994 or 5? 94, 95. Okay. And I used to get my comics through mail. You know, I mean, I wasn't exposed to a comic book shop. Well, this is something I always say, like, whenever we go to Dragon Con or the Renaissance Fair, things like that, where they're selling, you know, toys, games, you know, some of that um, outro stuff that's not really mainstream. I always feel a little bad when you see the kids running up like, oh, my God, they've got this board game. Oh, my God, they've got Pocky. Because since seventh grade, I have had easy access to, you know, there's Wizard's Wall in Florida for gaming stuff. Right. There was Stargate for comics and other gaming things. Right. There's Famous Faces for comics. I've had, you know, Comics Oasis if there was something I wanted right away in Vegas. There's Doctor Knows here. I've been incredibly fortunate to be around some really good stores. Right, right, right. See, that's a good thing. And Julie, yeah. say so you new to the comic book. Fairly new. I said I came in with CrossGen. But now you're working on one. Yes, I am. See how it works out? Yeah. It's actually, I can thank uh, some of the colorists from CrossGen for introducing me to it. Because when it first came out, um, I was on the message boards. And that's how old I am. We're not going to say ages on here. Yeah. <laughs> with the message uh, boards. But a lot Amos of... Amos is 21 years old. Yeah. Come see a picture of me. You'll see. <laughs> um, some of the colorists, uh, when we would be in the chat rooms and on the message boards, they would come in and they would come on, like Laura Martin and Justin Ponser. And Yo, they, got, they are good. Yeah, they would come in and talk about what they did, and um, that's actually how I kind of got started learning how to do. Some of them posted some tutorials, and I tried it and uh, found that I really enjoyed it. It was, it was, yeah, but I, I really she's do. good. Yeah, but, um, so... Yeah, I've seen it's Justin Ponster Ponce, uh, stuff. He does stuff for Mark Bagley on Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. It, for Bendis. I mean, Michael Bendis. Julie, in her early days, did a couple things for Mark Bagley. I did two. I got to do two Mark Bagley pieces that were in X-Crawl. Really? Yes, I got to color. He did a centurion, and he did this weird kind of yeti-looking creature thing. So I've actually gotten to color two of Mark Bagley's pieces, which is kind of awesome. So X-Crawl Gaming Supplement for the Mark Bagley Completists. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mark Bagley. Yes. So uh, I'll be probably talking to Mark sometime pretty soon later on. But um, 
That's cool. I mean, yeah, Lauren Martin and Ponser. And Laura, Laura would come in sometimes. Uh, there was another colorist, Rob Schwager. I'm not sure if he does much coloring now, um, but he would come in a lot. Laura came in. She did a couple tutorials on the message boards. If you would post stuff, they would comment on it, and they were really cool about it. She is doing something now. She Thor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I say she works. She's, She's doing Thor. Amazing. I mean, she is like, ah, you know, where there was Jordi Belair, there was Laura Martin. Yeah. So you know, high praise, high praise. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's good. I, I she met her once. Planetary and Ruse and, and Ruse was with one of the ones. Ruse, she was, Ruse, Ruse so was amazing. Yeah, so she's just she is one of my people that I I, I look at her work and I'm like, oh, someday. No. <laughs> I think she did some work for um, what's his name, Oliver um, Copio. Um, I hope I'm saying his name right. Oh. He did Siege. This is Julie's and my contrast is I follow the writers and she follows the, the artists. artists. So we have a lot of books that overlap, but we like them for different reasons. And we have books that the other one doesn't really read. Right. Because we're looking for different qualities. Oh, okay. I, I, for me, if the story is good enough, the art can be eh, and it'll be fine. But I do look at the art, especially if it's art that I really like. I look at it like, how did they do this? Well, um, what I, did they use? I'm yeah. reading Spider-Women. Um, the um, crossover with Silk, Spider-Gwen, and Spider-Woman. Okay. And Spider-Women Alpha. I mean, I don't know who the artist was. I think that how the art, I don't want to like, but it was not, it didn't fit the story. You know? Uh. Yeah, the writers, you know, you had a regular writer, Hopeless, the tour of their books, and they were doing um, the uh, Spider-Women Alpha. And the artist, man, I've never seen an artist before, and the art that really me personally didn't match the story. We were the last Ghost Rider yeah, series that came out. I was about to say the Ghost Riders. I didn't dislike the art. The art was good, but thematically it didn't fit with the book. Yeah, it was, it was very was, cartoony. Yeah. If you were doing like a humor book, it would have been beautiful. It would have been perfect. But it was a really had you know the, the curved lines yeah. of cartoons had really bright poppy colors and when you're trying to do a horror book about people being dragged to hell that's really not the tone you want to set probably it so it was just a, it, nothing bad to say about the art except it was a mismatch for the for the book and you get that a lot in yeah. comics you know I mean I know everyone have to make a living right. I understand that but as a fan I mean uh, I mean I, I didn't really enjoy the art. But I read the book because, like I said, I'm a fan of the book, and um, it it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Now, Julie, hmm. back to Action Lab. Yes, sir. So, Action Lab comics. Um, what book? I'm not. I can't. I don't want to say it like this. What book is the most popular book in Action Lab comics? The one that sells the most right now is. I'm gonna say popular. Popular. I mean, I, I know the one that we sold the most of when I was working at Dr. Nose was Zombie Tramp. Okay. Um, yeah. Zombie Tramp. Not my cup of tea, but, you know. Zombie Tramp, guys. You hear, you heard the name, Zombie Tramp. And by the way, I'm going to put that on my Instagram account. I'm going to put a picture up there and show you what Zombie Tramp looked like. But, Julie, explain Zombie Tramp. As far as I know, I, I did read several issues just to see what the big deal was, but it looks like the story kind of changed, uh, like her origins and her abilities changed from one thing to another. The, the one that I read was she's a zombie, but she's able to look like a normal girl, and so she would hitchhike and eat whoever picked her up. <laughs> oh my goodness! And was she, that the free comic? Book? That was the free, comic, free book comic book. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I read. Yeah. That's the only one I've read. You know, I was yeah. like, if I was, you know, when I was eighteen, 
probably would have been into it. another one that had but... some weird creepy girl in it. I, I didn't... I, I, flip, I used to flip through the stuff just to see... Because I mean, we get the stuff in on Tuesday, and you got to flip through it because you have to know. Yeah, because the customer want to know. customer want to know. Um, I, but don't, don't, I don't want you to say too much about Zombie Check because you work for the company. I do. Right? And I don't... Be, you know, this is podcast or whatever. I don't want you to say nothing bad, bad about the book. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I, it, it it's not a book for me, you know, yeah. and that's fine. It's it, I'm yeah. not, I'm not its target audience. I right. understand that. It's you know, it's got its it's got its audience. It's got its I, voice. I totally agree with Seth. You know, I mean, it's not my cup of tea either. But if I was like 18, pimples, I'm 16 or 17, yeah. you know, I'm gonna tell you this. In the industry, like any industry, sex sales. I'm gonna say it like that. Yeah. Sex sales, man, and no, the big thing is zombies. So you put the two together, you get a trap. It's and, smart marketing. It's smart marketing. So you it's, get. It's one of those. I should have had that idea. Yeah, right. Well, when you think about the uh, the concepts without seeing the art, you're like, ew, gross. Because I mean, seen the a art. Zombie, they've got like bits falling off, and I mean, who wants that? But then the way they explain, it, at least in the free comic book day one, at least it did make sense. Cause yeah. She was a magical zombie, so she could. Transform between being one way one or the, the other. other. I, I so, remember looking at the you book. You know, they at least allowed for that, and you know that's there's, good. I'm, there's books I remember reading when I was like 18. Like this book is the best book ever, and I've gone back to it in my later years. Like, yeah, I get why <laughs> I liked it then, but I'm not hormone riddled and angry all the time anymore. So I'm gonna go ahead and trade this one in for something else. And that's the thing. I mean. It's, it's, like I said, I'm not the age anymore. Yeah. I mean, boobs, come on, man. If I want to go to boobs, I go to strip club. That's <laughs> how I feel. You know, and I'm going to do something else, but I'm not going to talk about that. We're talking about comics yeah. and everything else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I said, yeah, it's just holding nothing bad to say about it, just not the target audience. It has its voice. Yeah. It's not my voice. I don't watch Gossip Girl either. Got nothing bad to say about it, just. And Not the target audience. I'm biased, so obviously I would love for Hero Cats to be, you know, the best-selling book at Action Lab. Which, to be fair, is for all ages, so right. I think you get more appeal. I think it's one of those all-ages books that, you know, people, when I find, when I get kids into it, and this is another thing that's working at the store, a little bit of a self-promotion there, right. but, you know, they would come in and say, do you like cats? And Yes. Do you like superheroes? Yes. Here, read this book. And they would come back and get all the other issues. And who doesn't like cats? I think it's one of those best all-ages books that people aren't necessarily reading right now because it doesn't have a cartoon show and a toy line yet or a toy line yet or, you know, all this. It doesn't have all of that media mogul stuff that you have for kids. And so they're they're a little hesitant to try new stuff. But I really feel like... Well, any, you know, any kid who's read it so far that won't come in the store, I would give them an issue. They would come back for more. Well, say so when we work free comic book day, and you know the kids are, I don't know if I want this book or this book, and the parents are, oh, I'm so sorry, he's taking so long. I say, hey, this is maybe the most important decision to him. He's gonna make all week, and that's the truth. Yeah, let him take his time. So yeah, if you're gonna, if you're only gonna get one comic on this trip. You can go with the hero you've seen the cartoons about all week or the one you've never heard of. It's a bit of a tough sell. But if you can get people interested, they see how good it is, yeah, they'll come back for more. And that's the thing. You're right. You're right. Because for me, I mean, I, I read the superhero stuff and everything. But lately, I've been reading the independent stuff, you know, because it's more of the mature stuff. Yeah. It has more of um, have better writing sometimes, oh. you know. And I, I enjoy that. Like, for instance, um, one of my favorite books is uh, Sex Criminals. 
That's an awesome book. Such a good book. Oh my god. I I do not tell any of my students about that (laughs) book. No, for my (laughs) listeners out there, Sex Criminals is very good. It's by Matt Fraction. I love I love his independent work, his his creator own work. Yeah. If you haven't read it, the way I like to tell my friends who can buy it reasonably that the the title is completely accurate but not in the way that you think. Right. It's smart. Yes, it's very smart. I laugh out loud every issue. I would buy just the letters column as a book. Oh, because y'all got got just the tip. Yes, the um, just the tips. tips, tips, the tips, right? It's so funny about that book is that when I heard about it, it was at Heroes Con. Oh yeah, and Matt Fraction was there, you know, doing autographs and signing and. And Chip uh, Zdarsky was doing the sketches. Yeah, this is before it ever came out. Oh, so this is the year before it. Yeah, yeah okay. it was the year. He said I had this, he had a sample sheet. And I looked at it, I'm like, wow, this is different. This is different. Yeah, I got a new book called Sex Criminals coming out. And he was, Matt was explaining it to me, right? And a year later, I said, I know that book. I see. I was told about this book. And it was that book. And I missed the first issue, man. Oh. I had to get the trade. And I had to go back paddle. And I finally found the first issue. I think I got it at Dr. Nose, I believe. First or second. It was about the second issue of Dr. Nose. Okay. But I had I'm to go. I'm sure ours isn't a first edition, but. No, but we eventually you know, we got one of the like fourth or fifth printing. Yeah, I, I finally got it. And so I, I found that first issue of Rat Queens before you at Harrow's Con. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right, man. <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, but man, that's one of the books I love, and I think issue number fourteen uh, came out this past week. Right, yeah. we haven't picked it up, but yeah, it came out. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, so I'm, I'm behind like you guys too. But that's that's for me, man. I've been reading some of the um, creator own stuff. Like I have nothing against Marvel, DC, with the superhero stuff. But I mean, I still read them. But um, I just like something like the image stuff they got out. For there. me, it just became it's the price they're going up. I understand why. I'm not faulting that. But I am enjoying the stories now. I realized a couple years ago, kind of had the epiphany that all the stories I really liked reading, Sex Criminals, Saga, um, I think, you know, in the past, Ex Machina, Preacher, right. Why the Last Man, not just Brian K. Vaughn stuff, but... Oh, you know what it is about Brian yeah. K. Vaughn. Well, hey, any, anything he writes, dude writes a phone book, I'm going to at least give it a flip through. <laughs> but anything that is going to end. Right. And, hey, I get why Spider-Man is, has been around for, what, 50-something years yeah, now? A long time. And, hey, it's great that more people get to enjoy Spider-Man. Like, I'm glad kids today can read Spider-Man like I did when I was a kid. But there's that level of status quo you have to maintain. Right. And you can't develop certain things. You can't change certain things. And I like the idea in certain books that, you know, you don't know that this character is going to be okay because they need them for the next 400 issues. That's right. That character might get killed. That character might turn into a bad guy and stay that way. This character might just leave and never come back. We don't know. And I think it makes for a more interesting story. I think that's one of the things that got me with, uh, like, Invincible and Walking Dead. Right. Uh, or not Walking Dead with Kirkman. It's just that he wasn't afraid to... This character you've been reading and loving for, like, the last 10 issues, well, full dead. Savage before. Dragon. And yeah. one of the, that's what first got me back in the 90s, even. Eric Larson, like... Is this still going? It is still going. I stopped around issue 100 because I was going back to school and I was broke. Right. I, just, I had to cut something. I'm like, all right, I've got a 100-issue run. It's a good time to stop. 
I kind of want to go back and fill that back in now. Right. Be a project coming up. But the, idea, but the idea that, you know, there was a major character uh, who'd been around for, you know, 50, 60 issues, was leader of one of the teams, and legs got cut off. And that was it. And they were in a wheelchair for the rest of the series, as far as I read. And it wasn't like you have a big teaser on the cover, in this issue, this happens. Just anytime you turn the page, anything could happen. Major characters died, got crippled, left. And just not because it was the major 50th issue, but issue 37. That character just got shot and killed. Yeah, because that's what happens when you go against guys with 400 guns. <laughs> Somebody's going to get shot. That's, that's what I like about that. You know? Yeah. And like you said, Marvel and DC have characters that have been there for years and years. You know? But they don't have the luxury, I think, of... of um Altering. Altering them too much because you, you have that fan base, you have that readership that expects a certain thing, and if you try to do something new that's not like an Elseworlds tale or something, then people are like, oh, I don't know yeah. about this. And to be fair, they have tried. There's been times where DC and Marvel has tried to move in a new character, and you know what? The sales plummet, and they, they've got to get paid. Well, I will say this about Spider-Man, about Spider-Man, is that Dan Slott has done a good job. He's so good. He's done a good job with Spider-Man. And I started. I was kind of mad at. Yeah, I kind. I was kind of mad when I said, "Oh, we're gonna kill off Spider-Man," but then they didn't really kill a man off. He just had Doc occupy his body. He took his mind. I mean, and that was a great story. That was a great arc. Yeah. So there, Superior Spider-Man came from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got. I don't know what happened. Well, during Spider-Verse, he disappeared somewhere. From right. His, um, Superior Superior Spider-Man. But Dan Slott has been writing Spider-Man for a while now. Yeah, as far as I know, I like I said, I started reading him on She-Hulk. Oh yeah, that was on, the, on, the, on his second volume of it, and I, I mean, wait, there's more of this. Went out and got the first volume to trade like that day, and just so brilliant the way he uses continuity and brings up ideas, but still changes things around. But they show you as a writer that he is very aware of what he's doing. Because first of all, you have to be a fan of that character or knowledgeable of that character, yeah. the order to have the continuity. Like that. Well, the thing was, it wasn't just that character, because because she hoped because she's a lawyer could defend anybody, anybody from the Marvel universe. Right. So he was bringing in stuff from. It was sort of like what um, Grant Morrison did with Batman. Like, hey, remember this one issue, this eight-page story about Zuranar from the seventies? Oh my god! I write a three-year arc on that, and he would say, hey. Remember this one character who fought like the Fantastic Four? We're going to do a three-issue arc with the character who had four panels. I'm saying a lot about that writer because he's very aware of the yeah. history of the character. And he had major plot turns that hinged on, well, you know, in 1964, this continuity story happened and would reference the stories. Yo, when he did She-Hulk, he had, um, was it, Rawhide? Um, yeah, the Rawhide Cal- Cal- Kid. Kid. Yeah, like, that was funny. It was so good. And then, you know, he left because he they like, hey, would you like to do some of the bigger stuff? And, hey, I as much as I hated him leaving She-Hulk kind of mid-arc, I get it. You got to get paid. If you got the chance to go do Spider-Man, you go do Spider-Man. Who wouldn't want to do Spider-Man? Yeah, I do not. It's like, I was disappointed to see him go, but I do not blame him for taking the leap in the least. Yeah, I mean, and I'm Peter just, David did a pretty good series after him. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, that, you know, most of the writers and artists want to do some of the iconic characters. You know, who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. I know it. For you, Julie, if they give you the opportunity to be a colorist in one of the major books. Oh, my God. Batman, you know, please. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you still have your job with that. Right, 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 right,
But, I mean, if I had the opportunity to do that, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, this could be an opportunity. Miss Marvel, no. <laughs> Which Miss Marvel? I know. Newest... I, I like the new Miss Marvel. I, I, that was one of the ones that I felt really good about introducing younger readers to because they want, when the young readers come in, they want the DC and they want the Marvel. That was the thing I was talking about earlier, but sometimes it's hard with some of the DC and Marvel books with the main characters because they have gone more intense with them and right, yeah. Arthur and stuff like that. And to hand someone this Marvel who's just this nerdy kid who gets powers, and it's sort of like reading Peter Parker all over again. Yeah. And it's just so enamored so fresh. of... Trying to balance the honor student life with the superhero life right, and keeping with, your family from finding it. Right. That's... Oh. I love being able to hand someone a book like that and say, here, read this. Your kid will like it. It's good. It's not. I'm glad you said that. I've been reading Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. It's not a bad book. Miss Marvel shows up. And I like the character. I'll never read the book, but whatever book I was reading when she was in, I like the character. Because she didn't want, to want, didn't want to show her identity, none of the superheroes. I don't want to do that. But, you know, Miles is having a problem, too, with juggling school and everything like that. And she understands him. Mm-hmm. And now I think they got it's it, the heroes are younger now. Yeah, Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, Nova—they all teenagers, which is good. Which is good, you know. And uh, I understand where Marvel going with the shakeup with younger, yeah. younger um, heroes for the younger audience. Eventually, we're gonna age out and stop buying comics one way or the other. Yeah, it was you don't bring in, yeah, if you don't bring in new readers, and that's been a problem. That's why I like thing about things like Hero Cats, like Miss Marvel, like Atomic Robo, is there's lots of comics for five year olds. There's lots of comics for 13 and up, but in between about 8 and 13, there's very little. It's very hard. It was That was one of the harder things. I'd have someone come in the store, and they're buying for a 10-year-old boy, and he right. wants Batman. And but Batman is dark. And Batman is dark, and some of the animated stuff. At, at the time, it was um, Batman Brave and the Bold, which is an awesome show. That was on Cartoon I, Network, I, right? I loved it. Love that show on a Batman. But the, the voice of that book, with with the the attitude of like some ten year olds these days, they want to read Deadpool. You know, they oh want to read God. that stuff. And I'm like, I it, it was that line I would walk at the store of, well, I want the parents to be informed because I want them to come back and I want them to feel safe that we're going to give them as much information as they can to make a choice for their kid that they can feel comfortable with. But at the same time, you don't want to say, oh, you shouldn't buy that; it's too adult. You know, you want to give them. And it's just really hard with some of the main superhero books that they either have this dark and gritty, I'm going to rip out your intestines voice, or it's this, <laughs> well, kids, let's go fight some crime voice. Oh, and, no, there's a lost puppy. Let's save it. Yeah, it's there's no in-between voice for, uh, like, the 10-year-old yeah. set. That yeah. Oh, Supergirl very- Adventures in the 8th Grade. Okay. That was a miniseries. Yeah, if you got a kid in that kind of middle zone... Brilliant book. And honestly, if you're out of that middle zone and you just want to read a fun comic book, Supergirl Adventures in the Eighth Grade. And the Young Justice stuff DC was doing at the time that, you know, unfortunately the show got canceled. Oh man, I love that show, man. And and the comics were great too. And that would be a comic that if it was still in print, I would absolutely give this to your 10 year old. Give this to your, they will like the stories. It's great stories. It's not people getting their arms ripped off, you know, or yeah. their faces and, carved off. Yeah, there's some parents who are okay. I know, and Julie and I have had this discussion. She does this at the store when I'm working free comic book day. I do this where the kid says, you know, Mommy, Mommy, I want the Superman book because they know Superman from, like, you know, the Super Friends where 
you know, they've got the toys where they're just in the big hands-on hip giant smile poses with, you know, the, the eight-inch eyes. Right. And I will just sort of take the comic down, open it to the panel where somebody's getting their head torn off and say, just so you know, this is in the book. And some of the parents say, oh, oh, you know what? Let's, let's pick the one with the <laughs> kitties. Hero cats, excellent choice. And then some will be like, eh, he's seen worse. Like, okay, your kid, your decision. Here is your book. And that's the Thank main you for thing coming. Was I will leave the choice up to the parent. I just wanted to make sure. Well, that you should. It's yeah. a parent's choice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I just don't. I some, want them to make an informed decision. Right. We would have some parents coming and asking for Walking Dead because they would let their kids watch the show, and the comic is more intense than the show. Well, I know. I read the comic. I'm still reading the comic. Yeah, and so I'd be like, just so you know, I'm not discouraging you from reading this, but. This is what's in the book that's wow. not in the show, and and I had some parents buy it. You know, ten year old, I want Walking Dead. Okay, here you go. I'm like, okay. So you work in free time book this this um, oh, this yeah. week? Volunteering. That is one of my. It's kind of between Christmas, Halloween, and free comic book day are my favorite days of the year because Christmas you have to give a bunch of people presents and see them happy. Halloween, you get to give away a bunch of candy and see people happy. And I decided I like free comic book day a little more than Halloween because I don't have to pay for what I'm giving away. <laughs> I just get to show up, I give stuff away, and make people happy for eight to ten hours. That's a really nice day. Yeah, I'm working it too. I'm working it too. For you listening out there, free comic book day, May 7th. As always, the first Saturday on the May, right? Yep. Every year. Every year. Every year. So go ahead and go see your local comic book shop or any other shop that sells comics. Free comic book day. But, um, I mean, I enjoy free comic book day. Speaking of free comic book day, you know, Marvel got this thing going. You know what I'm saying? That before free comic book day, they always got their big movies coming out. Oh, yeah. That's they're smart. And, they're yeah, they're very fun. smart. And the uh, when we have been in line, we've handed out some flyers like, hey, if you like this movie, you can find out more tomorrow. With the That's shows. right, because we yeah. did it one year at Guardians of the Galaxy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That <laughs> and we did with Captain America the year before, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, there are two full reasons for going to that. A, to pass out the flyers, and B, also to see the movie before for comic book day so I didn't hear a bunch of spoilers. I do, I do. I hate that, man. we're seeing Civil War on the 6th. Yeah, I'm seeing Civil War on that Friday, so I mean, I want to be prepared when everybody comes in the next day. Exactly. Because I I, I do not like spoilers, man, because if you're in a line with me talking about the movie the day before, and I haven't seen it, I'm going to be so pissed. I thought some kid who got beat, like, Horribly at they were at Star they they gone to see Star Wars and they were coming out and there was a line of people waiting to go in the theater and this, spoiler warning the, no I don't say it's out on DVD this kid came out by the way I got on Blu-ray oh nice this kid came Wait, out and basically just shouted a major plot point like out in the theater to these people and some people broke the line and actually like beat him up because see I'm, I don't go that far but I'm not saying violence is justified but you can't be surprised if you're going to be that big a jerk in public something's bound to happen eventually yeah yeah I don't I, like I that. don't condone it but I'm, I'm not I understand it. it yeah yeah so so what's the next big movie they got coming out I'm gonna put this into also um I know you guys never read the story arc at all I, in the comic book. Right, I've read one of the issues, and I've read a couple synopses. Okay. I think that ha- happened right around the time when I was getting into comics, or... Yeah. And so I, I that, wasn't reading a lot of Marvel at the time. That was around the time I kind of got out of Marvel. I was reading Runaways and She-Hulk still. Okay. And it was largely because I could read... The, it was when they started doing the constant event for about five years. Oh, uh, yeah. I couldn't afford to keep up with it. And so I just stopped buying their comics entirely. Well, me, on the other hand, I was one of those people. Yeah, 
I they, the they pull me. I was part of the problem. Gotta catch them all. They pull me in like Pokemon. They yeah. pull me in like Civil War was a big thing for Marvel, so I had to get every freaking tie-in. The thing was, I was already getting Avengers, Deadpool, and everything else, and I'm like, damn it. Oh God, my pocket was so broke, man. I mean, that was unbelievable. We won't talk about me when Infinity Gauntlet came out the first time and what my pull box again five dollars a week allowance. My pull box was full from Infinity Gauntlet alone for about the next six months. And that was six that issues, off. man. Well, it wasn't the six issues? And Infinity. It was all the tie-ins. Oh, Spider-Man and Avengers. And Spider-Man and Avengers and Iron Man. I remember Hulk, that. And everybody had a crossover, and I bought. Every the doppelganger they had for Spider-Man. I had that yeah. issue, man. And I, I learned from that, like, you know, this had one panel that had anything to do with any of that. Maybe I don't have to read all of these. So I have a question. Okay. Being fairly new to comics in general, what what was the first major event that Secret started? Wars. Secret Wars? Secret Wars, okay. yeah. Contest of Champions, I think, came slightly before, but that was a three-issue miniseries. That was neat, but it wasn't huge. Uh, Secret Wars was the first maxi series. It was 12 issues. It ran for a whole year. And I think it was the first one to have, like, the little blurbs on the cover. Secret Wars tie-in. On the corner. Yeah, in the little corner. And so that was the first event. And it was so popular that a couple years later they did Secret Wars 2. And then a few years after that they started doing the summer events in the annuals. Oh, but, yeah. And that, was. the first few years, like, I remember buying Days of Future Present, and you had to buy the New Mutants, you had to buy X-Men, you had to buy X-Factor, and, like, X-Force. But if you bought those four annuals, you had the whole story. And let's face it, I was going to buy all the X-Books anyway. And see, in me, I had the Executional Song. Uh, that was, like, that was all good. of That was good. That went, you know, the Kid Professor's A, whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't Cable with Strife. Right. And um and that was one of the big events of X Men. See, X Men has so many big events, man. Well, that wasn't in the annuals. That was just that a was crossover. a long crossover. That, that was, was that was the one where I stopped buying X Men because I couldn't afford to buy all of the X Men. It was in every yeah. month, all the time. It was X Force, Uncanny X Men. It was X Factor. It was even was it Wolverine? I don't think it was Wolverine. Though. No, it was the it was the main four. Main four, but right. it was one a week, and you had to buy it every week. And it was in a bag too. Right, it was poly bags, it was a little more expensive, and they had the little inserts. And then Marvel, and it's when I kind of stopped buying the annuals, they started, I think the first was Atlanta, was Atlantis Attacks, mm. and then they started doing a few others, but then you had to buy every annual that Marvel put out. You had to buy all of them to get the story start to finish. It, and it didn't take place in the regular issues, it was only the annuals, and those were, you know, when comics were a buck fifty-two bucks. These were five, six-dollar comics. Right. I got five dollars a week allowance. I I still got some down in my long boxes, but you know, I would buy the ones for the books. I, I got the New Mutants, I got the X Factor, I got the Avengers, but I didn't buy the rest, and I just sort of figured out the rest because we didn't have the internet to read the rest of the story. And, and with me, though, I mean, I get the big events, summer events now. But it's to the point, it's like, it's hurting my pockets, man. Books are four bucks now. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, it was two ninety nine when that Civil War was out. Right. And it was $3 a, a book. And, you know, I got caught up in the Civil War thing, which, by the way, was not a bad, bad um, series. You know, but the one thing I hated about the series, spoiler alert, I, mean, I don't think they're doing it in the movie. But in the comic book, Peter Parker revealed his identity to everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was like that. a backlash to me. Personally, that was a backlash. 
And but didn't that like lead to one more day? And that was some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. Some, yeah, and it just. Now I will say the one more dude, the renew your vows. Uh, oh, that was great. Board, that was really good. That was, that great, was yeah. a good story. That, that at least great. something good came out of that. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I'm not is, Clone Saga bad, but oh, you know, I get on Mark about that, but he said he was just the artist on that. And Clone he didn't Saga. write it. He didn't write it, but he got to get paid. Got to get paid. And I, and that was someone lets you draw Spider Man, you draw it. Yeah, that was that right there turned me off. Mark goes, really? You want me to draw this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I mean, I I can't wait for the movie to come out. And I know it's not it's not like the comic book because of different characters because they finally got Spider Man. Yeah, they cooperate with Sony. Right. You know, they got creative control of that, and they and they put the Black Panther in there. But which in the comic book, Black Panther was not even part of the main story, but he was part of the tie-in in the comic book. Right. So then you got the other character, which was part of the Civil War, you know, in yeah. the main book. Minus um, Goliath, Ben Foster. Right. Took the pen part of it. He was the other. Yeah. That was the reason that uh, Cap and Iron Man really didn't see eye to eye after that. It was a yeah. death. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not, I haven't seen, I'm not, I, I didn't want to see much of the trailers for the movie. So I really we don't. talked about this earlier. We've, yeah. seen, we've seen the first two trailers. That's all I want to know. I want to go in. I remember Captain America Winter Soldier. Right. That I think it was the, I had Batroc the Leaper is one of my favorite Captain America. I have a Pretty complete run. I'm trying to finish it out of 1980s Captain America. Right. Do you have a Batroc figure in your? Oh room? yes, I have. The, I got the the Marvel <laughs> lead mini of Batroc twirling the mustache, and I unabashedly love Batroc Zelipair, who talks with that outrageous Marie Chevalier accent that they spell out in the book, and I love him. And so I'm watching the movie, and they start talking about how there's these was it the Quebecois or something like something like, and I just see the red the the, the purple jerkin, and man, my eyes light up like he it's was Christmas. So excited! I do the two little fists in front of me, waving like it's Patrick the Leaper. So excited! And I just sat there just with a giant grin and my jaw open for the next 15 minutes while they're fighting. It's like. This is everything I ever could have hoped for. In that was a good. I mean, most of the fight scene in that movie was solid. Oh, it was a crazy good fight. Even if I wasn't a fan, that would have been brilliant. They even did a lot of the kicking stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did the kicking. They did the sabote, and just the fact, like, and if I had known about that in advance, I'd have been like, yeah, this is pretty cool, I guess. And he put the shield down. That was cool. He did put, put the shield down. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know we're in the minority of the of. We seem to be the few people who don't like a lot of spoilers. Like, and I mean, if some you of my coworkers yeah. were like, they would watch every spoiler, they would watch every trailer. And there were going. times in my younger days where I sought that stuff out, but kind of pre-internet, you really you would look for the information because you knew you weren't going to find much. It was more of a treasure hunt thought to it. It wasn't just Google Civil War spoilers. I'm not. I'm not with the spoilers, man. I can see the trailer one time. Only if I'm watching a movie in a movie theater and it, there's right there. But I'm not gonna look for it. Yeah. And with the way social media is, with Facebook, Twitter, and the internet, it's just everywhere. I don't go. On, I don't go on the internet much, just because work and school and everything. But very deliberately, a week or so before movies like this, I just there's certain websites I don't read. I don't get on Facebook until after I see the movie. It's kind of tough for me with Walking Dead being so far behind because I can only catch up when they put it on Netflix. Because people will be like, oh my god, this happened last night. It's not like a series finale. And I'm like, well, gee, thanks, you know. <laughs> well, don't, don't, don't um, listen to my last episode two podcast. I promise I Because um, I already got spoiled. But see, that, that doesn't 
doesn't bother me, though, because I know ahead of time that you're going to have spoilers, so I know. I mean, I used to do this with the Nerdist podcast. Right. Like, oh, they're talking to so-and-so about this, and I'm like, well, I'm going to wait till I see this right. before I yeah. before I do it. It's Sometimes on the internet, you just don't have that. People will be like, oh, this happened. Like, uh, okay. Or, yes. Yeah. It's like, um, thanks for live-tweeting update. I And it's like, well, well, you shouldn't go on Facebook. I'm like, so I should completely avoid any contact with people on in the internet in case somebody doesn't take two seconds to write the word spoiler warning. Now, when I heard they were doing Civil War the, um, movie, it's Captain America Civil War, right. I thought to myself, how in the hell are they going to do this on Spider-Man? Yeah. And he was an intricate part of Civil War. You know, right? Because after Civil War, um, revealing his identity in his own book, oh, they were chasing him down. All the criminals, he was not safe. You know, they even trying to get Aunt May. Surprise, 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 right? And he was in the um, in um, he went out to Fisk in his book, yeah, and Fisk and people killed him and Mary Jane uh, May, and he put on he done the black suit, and he went out to Fisk in the prison system in the jail. And he beat the shit out of him. I'm gonna say shit. <laughs> he beat the shit out of him, right? But I mean, the thing is, man, me reading the comic book, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the movie. And when they announced the title of Civil War, I'm like, oh, oh, I was so nervous. Man. There was a lot of people like, back and forth. They were scared about you it. They were nervous about it. That, that arc, yeah, really. I mean, and again, I was like, Feige's batting a thousand with me so far, so I'm not gonna say anything yet. And when I saw the trailer and I saw the origin of the conflict, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I can get behind and it. And what I've seen so far in the trailer, it all comes back from Avengers. Right. It's all organic. It's not about, it doesn't appear to be about, you know, the, uh, the new warriors accidentally having no. a hundred deaths happen. And so every, all the superheroes have to be registered. Right. Well, and I think, They've, Marvel's been very good with their cinematic universe of altering things enough so that they make sense. It's not like just shoehorning in random so stories. The force them in there just for the fans. For I, the I mean, they're, fans. they're putting in enough Easter eggs, I think. Not Easter eggs, but like callbacks and stuff that. There's enough continuity that it's familiar to the longtime fans. And they respect their characters enough yeah, that the, that's, character, that's the, the heart of the character is, is there. But. Well, DC, you yeah. need to learn something. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen Batman vs. Man. I refuse to watch it. Because, I mean, um, that's another story, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, it's, we aren't the target audience. No, so we're we'll not. just move on. For me, I haven't read Civil War, but I have really loved both of the other Captain America movies. I like the first one more than I think some folks did, but I like the period. Man, the, the second one. I have nothing bad to say about the second, but I like the first one better. See, the first one was a period piece, like you said. I'm not good with the period, time, time, period stuff, whatever. Okay. But the second movie, when they said Winter Soldier, like, oh my goodness. Now, how are they going to do this, man? Bucky is dead. Nobody, no death. Nobody, yeah, you know, and that's the truth. It was nobody. And when he rescued Bucky from Hydra Base, he was in the um, seat laid back. Yeah. And, you know, and he was knocked out and everything. By that time, it probably was operating on him then. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. Mind controlling him at the time. So it kind of, kind of played in the second movie a little bit, in my opinion. But for me, I am really looking forward to Civil War now. And just everything, every bit of, little bit of information that I have seen about well, it. Well, to me, it came up about 90, at first it was a 98%. Now it's 90 94, but it's still great. It hasn't come out here at the States yet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes, it has. Not, it hasn't come out and open. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. man. Overseas is already making enough money already. Cool. 
Yes, sweet. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Marvel, for me, has not... I mean, they've not disappointed... Yeah. I've liked some movies better than Marvel others. Marvel Disney, not Marvel. But, but Marvel yeah, Marvel Disney Studios. Yeah, yeah, Marvel Movie Studios. They have since, you know, Hulk... I oh, know, excuse me, Iron Man was the first. Iron Man was the first. Yeah. I, from Iron Man forward, they have not made a movie yet where I've said, oh, that was bad. Yeah, even the Hulk was a... Even when Ang Lee did the Hulk, and they... Well, that was before that. Before, yeah. Then they did Edward, Ed Norton and Hulk. It was not bad. It was not bad. Oh, I like the Ed Norton Hulk. It wasn't bad. It was a the, step up from Ang, what Ang Lee did, my well, opinion. My, I, I came to the party late. Like, I had heard people trash the Ang Lee one for years, so I came in with low expectations, right. and I know that's part of it. And Julie hasn't seen it I yet. I haven't seen it. But what I've told her, if you want to see a really moving story about the relationship between a father and his son... The Hulk is wonderful. Yeah. If you want to see Hulk smash, it's the worst movie ever. Right. It is. And so it just yeah, managed expectations. It's actually pretty good. If I'd seen an opening weekend, I would not be this nice about it right now. Well, I mean... I the Ed Norton Hulk. I oh, like, that I was like, good. I'm not sure who I like better, Ed Norton or Mark Ruffalo as... as Dr. Banner. I still maintain Ed Norton, but he had a chance to develop the character sure and build did. and for him to grow right. on me. I think me. give Ruffalo a couple more movies, give him the same amount of screen time, I'm probably going to come around on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Seth. Uh, Marvel so far, to me, have done pretty, a pretty damn good job. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have movies like um, Ant-Man that's like, whoa, man, they got done Ant-Man? What, what are they doing? But then when you watch it, like, damn. It's not a bad movie. You made a really good, good Ant-Man Ant Man movie. Yeah. He's not the he's not the joke anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, well he, he's in on the joke. He's in on the joke. That's the thing. He yeah. can't be making fun of him anymore because the movie done well and he, he's in Civil War. Yeah. And they had the balls to do Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before they made the movie, who's heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, Only the comic book fan. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Me, general public. Well, my know. first thing was. Where's Charlie Twenty Seven? Where's Martin <laughs> X? Where's Where's Yondu? But that's not Yondu, right? But right. you know what? I hadn't read the new Abnett Landing stuff. You know, that's I, great. I, I've, well, I've gone back and read some of that. So it's like, wow! I need to read everything, every cosmic thing these guys have ever written. Yo, they brought the cosmic Marvel universe, I mean, the cosmic side of Marvel, to the forefront, man. Right. Because those writers, DNA, they call them DNA, right? And um, man. I was not big in the Cosmic Heroes, but when he did the Guardians, Nova, the Annihilation um, thing, it was great. Man. I really regret not buying those when they were coming out, because I would have loved to have seen that develop month to Yeah, month. I bought the Annihilation um, when it first started. I ended up selling on eBay for a lot of money. Yeah. I was stupid. I should have kept it. Yeah, but you the I got the trade. So you got to read it month to month. You yeah. got the experience and get the trade, which is easier to store. Yeah, so I mean, I've been very happy with Marvel with their um, Cinematic Universe. Now, Doctor Strange, though. Here's the thing. The, I'm excited about it. I'm a huge Benny C fanboy. Um, I appreciate the whole Tilda Swinton controversy. I know Marvel puts well the whitewashing. You know what? It will be a cool thing. I'm just, just, I'm yeah. just I'm putting out there. Maybe the ancient was not her. It's just an illusion. Well, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. All I know is Marvel has apparently released some comments that are supposed to mollify that. I'm avoiding the spoilers. I didn't read them, so I'm hoping that it works out. Although, again, if you played it, I will say, if you had cast an Asian guy doing it, then you're playing the stereotype. Right. So they were a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. At least they found somebody who wasn't a white guy. Right. <laughs> Iron Fist. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I understand why they cast a white guy. It's in the comic. 
there were options, but you know, it was their decision, so whatever. <laughs> but it's not like Ghost in the Shell. I will say. Oh that, my goodness! Yeah, we'll get on oh, that yeah. one. No, no, uh, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the trailer they released, I was underwhelmed. Yo, man, the special effects. I would like the tra- when I seen the trailer and I yeah. had looked at it. It's the Matrix and Inception, and one. There's some neat stuff in there, and part of it is the whole like it's you know if it's not what you expect. I'm going to watch the trailer. And I know for me, the critical period is about a month. Right. So in another week or two, I'm going to watch it again, having gotten used to the idea of what it is, and see how I feel about it afterwards. Now, my thing is, since the continuity is so... It does, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has got this continuity going on. My thing is, how he fits into the whole thing right now, once they introduce Dr. The Strange. mystical? Yes. Since all the magic has just sort of been super science, science up to this point. Quantum science, super yeah. science, whatever. Because the quantum realm was spoke upon on Ant-Man. Yeah. Remember that. I want to see some Micronauts. Micronauts? That was my only major disappointment in Ant-Man is when he's shrinking down like, I want to see a Croyer. I want to <laughs> see a Croyer. I want to see a Croyer bug. Man... But I mean, I'm I sure there's a right license. But I can't wait that. to see that because you know what, um, uh, what's her name? Wanda uh, Maximoff. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Her powers is almost magic based. Well, in, in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh, now in, in, in the Cinematic, cinematic universe, universe, it's mutant power and it seems to be like psychic stuff. Because I thought in, in the, the comic, comic universe, she has a mutant ability right. to alter probability. Yes. But she does also know but she magic. And also, right. yeah, she's also she's been taught magic. Trained witch. Uh, Wanda Harkness. Yeah, Harkness. Yeah, yeah, that's Agatha right. Harkness. Agatha Harkness. Yes, right. Yeah, Agatha Harkness so, taught her magic. So I'm, I want y'all to just remember what I said about her in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with her powers. Yes, yeah, so I want to see if that's going to pick up pick with up. Doctor Strange. Well, you also get this whole idea of the retrospect of like, well, where was he when like you know his hometown Manhattan was being destroyed? Are right. we going to find out what he was doing? And you know, he goes to other dimensions. He might not have been so around. He's the Sorcerer Supreme of all Earth. Earth. He might have been all Earth. Suck. Like he's the did the name dropping um went to soldier. They did the name drop, Stephen Strange. Oh, right, they Within, did. Yeah. yeah, Thing was going to kill everybody. Yeah, that's right. They have the signature of people who had the possibility to have the powers in Hydra that was a big threat to Hydra. Yeah. So Stephen Strange's name would drop. Who was to say he was around? Nice little Ulysses Claw reference in the, there, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's I like, like I said, once again, the continuity and the references that Marvel does in a movie is great. I like it. As a comic book Fanboy, oh, man, I love it. I say the stuff we have. If you're not a fan, you'll see it. It doesn't matter. If you don't understand it, you don't get it. But if you know what's going on, like, yeah. But that's the thing about what they're doing. You're not a fan. If you're not a combo fan, but you're just a general person and watching the movie, and you see this character here, and you heard that name before. Oh yeah, he was in that movie. Oh yeah, that's right. And, you know, even for the Netflix series. Yeah, they've been name dropping. And stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like I said once again, I just love the way they're doing things. Netflix got the darker corner of the MCU, and uh-huh. you got Disney doing. They are so smart. Yep. Really are. I do also kind of like that they have, like, for their cinematic universe, they have the like world saving, right, right. characters, and then for their TV shows, they actually have the street level characters. I'm gonna beat up like, a mugger. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> like it's like TV show street level, and then movie show movie save the world, and you know save the universe. Yeah. And I do kind of like here that. Here we kind have two hundred million dollars to save the world with. <laughs> here we've got some money, but we can handle a street set and four guys with guns. Right. You know. I think that's one of the advantages that I have not having 
quite the foundation in some of the comics. It's like I I love the Doctor you've Strange. You've learned a lot in the years you've been. I've reading. learned a lot because I had to, you know, yeah. and, and it's not like I didn't like to. But I mean, the only Doctor Strange that I have read right now is the Oath, which is amazing and obviously. I read awesome. it. Yeah. I read it. Oh right, of course. I, I go into these movies with enough of the love of the character and knowledge to be really excited about them, but without so much of the knowledge base that I have these expectations yeah. that need to be filled. Right. So it's kind of like that that happy medium of, I can go in and really enjoy this awesome comic book movie that's sitting in front of me. And there's moments when we're watching it together where I will tell and she, what, what, See, what? <laughs> you guys got that in common. So when I'm watching something like with my significant other, so what? I had to have to explain it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I understand. I have to explain certain things to her and everything, but I get a kick out of it, man. Yeah. You know, when I when I mean, I haven't seen the whole season of Daredevil yet, so I've seen. No, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it. So I'm gonna tell you guys, it's great. Yeah. But I say like things I've like. I've been looking forward. I've been. Like, we've enjoyed everything. Oh yes, yeah, everything's Love been Jessica good. Jones. You know. Oh yeah, I finished watching that. Yeah. Finished Jessica Jones. Kira Gray was a son of a bitch. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah David <laughs> is so amazing. He was so good, and you hate him so much. So if he really was in a movie, yeah, there'd been some casualties, man. Mm-hmm. You know that's why they kept it in Netflix instead of the Marvel Cinematic. Well, there's casualties. been a lot more casualties, yeah. Yeah. So there's been a whole lot more. His power was just creepy and dangerous, man. He didn't have no remorse. But no the way my only significant was... problem with it was, and Julie's heard me jokingly rant for a while. I was like, he wasn't purple. Yeah, he wasn't. I understand why. I get the whole reason for it. It's like, come on. For my one, listeners, one show, one for my show. listeners, guys, Kilgrave in a comic book called Purple Man was actually purple. He was he actually was, purple. Yes, he was. He was purple face, pants, and everything. His skin, like like the Hulk, is green. And this man was, was purple. purple. Hence the name, Purple Man. Spoiler alert! I was kind of hoping toward the end. I understand why they couldn't do the purple makeup like every day and everything like that. And they put yeah, it even at the very but end. I was kind of hoping toward the end when they were like super dosing him with that stuff uh-huh. that maybe it's like, oh, maybe he's gonna turn purple. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, ooh, now they're gonna, now they're gonna. Oh, oh damn it! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The only time you saw purple when they injected the bane and started turning purple, that was it. Yeah. And they stopped from right there. And, you know, he was always wearing it. There was something on it. So I get that there was a nod. But, you know, and again, I understand the time and it, the, just the, hey, David Tennant, will you wake up five hours early every day so that this one nerd will be happy? Purple, yeah. But I get why he said no. But that makes sense. I mean, it's, I mean they're trying to make it more real. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's totally, I understand. I forgive him for it. I'm disappointed, but I understand. And they couldn't have told the same story, I don't think, with him. I mean, it would have been a lot harder to explain how the purple dude is just walking around Manhattan and nobody notices. Part of what made him so scary was he would just you know, blend in and walk yeah. around and just, oh, go kill yourself. So the way they gave his power was made sense because his parents was part of the problem. Yeah. They, they experimented on his son. You know, they how he got his powers. Oh, my God. The way he did his dad, his mom, oh, yeah. oh God. But, you know, the Netflix series, you know, Luke Cage coming out September 30th, I'll remember. I can't wait to look, see that. Then Iron Fist is being filmed right now. Yep. The Punisher, that I just heard. Coming it's out a good guest. Waiting for the Defenders. The Defenders, is, uh, they got the showrunner now. For nice. The Defenders. So, the, all the cylinders are going. And I can't wait for them to have the finished product for the Defenders, man. If you had told 15-year-old me that I was going to live through, like, what, it's been, like, almost a decade of Marvel movies now, at least yeah. the better part, that just, like, every year, Marvel's going to drop two superhero movies. Because, remember, I saw the first two Captain Americas. 
from the 1980s, like early 80s, oh, late I 70s, remember that. and then the mid 80s one where he fought the world, the Red Skull, and it was like filmed entirely in Italy, and like the big stunt was a motorcycle jump that was like no one was on the motorcycle. I think that's funny you said that. <laughs> uh, as a commercial for Civil War, man, Team Captain Team Iron Man, okay, and Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are explain, explaining how significant. The both characters are, and, and you know, Iron Man was the first in 2008 to be the star of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he should come with my team, yeah. but the character ever said, "No, no, no, no." Captain America was the first Marvel character to ever have his movie. And when you said that, I thought yeah. about that, and it's so funny. And uh, Robert Roger Dine, Corman's Fantastic Four might have beaten Captain America. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You, I don't know. Because right. what about Howard the Duck? No, we talking as far as no, 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 no. <laughs> I think the Captain America probably came before the that. first Captain America beat Howard. Oh yeah, because I think yeah the the Fantastic Four might have beat the second Captain America, but the first Captain America was like seventy eight or that's right. It was what old. Was the Hulk? What was the uh, what was the Hulk? That was the TV show. The TV yeah. show. Does, but doesn't that doesn't count? No, no, no. no, 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 no we're movie. talking movies. Oh, okay. Movies. Silver screen. It was a it was a released silver screen movie. So because I remember watching long. Hulk. The first time around, I think And that let was us like, not forget, the unfortunately never produced Captain America, the Broadway musical. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Which they advertised for about a year and a half in the mid-80s. Like, you could have get a starring role in the Broadway musical, kids. We're filling this coupon. And, yeah, I do have, and I do have the soundtrack to the Superman Broadway musical. Really? Yes. Soundtrack? Not bad. <laughs> I don't know about the play, but it's not a bad soundtrack. So yeah, that was that commercial was funny because the person who walked across the when they had a disagreement, and Robert Downey Jr. said, "Let's ask this on the next smart uh, about who came first. Who wants to come across? Stan Lee. <laughs> Stan Lee walks on. He said, "Who you saw?" And Stan Lee said, "I just need to be make my my cameo. Call my agent." <laughs> I'm like, wow, this man, ninety some years old, is still doing his thing. You know, we I mean, should all be so lucky. Oh, I, my goodness. Oh, well, goodness, man. Hope you pray. Yes, you're right. So, um, so Julie, yes. back to you, and I think just want to wrap it up pretty soon. Okay. Um, Heroes Cat, you know, um, you think, you think, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It can't come out. I'm I'm kind of right now. Stop. I'm kind of tired, like you. You know, I've been up all day. Water fights, everything from the Ooh. jobs, but. Um, what you think about um Heroes Cat? I mean, the first person who drew it, um, Marcus, Marcus Williams. Williams. Yeah, you ever think he would come back and do a, a special issue for Heroes Cat? Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I know that uh he had some other projects. Uh, His Kickstarter he had a project. Kickstarter come come yeah. do, and you know, I know uh, Omaka has been really happy to you know step in and do and. I think Pence Pencilling was what he really wanted to do in the first place. And, and he's doing a great job with it. He's doing a beautiful job with it. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I I don't know what kind of, you know, talks Mar Kyle and Marcus have had. Marcus is a cool dude. Man. Yeah, Marcus. Marcus is a great guy. He drew me a yeah. Spider-Man cat. That's sweet. That's he's one of the most personable people. He is. Yeah. He is. I like Marcus, yeah. man. He's going to be a free comic book day, too, isn't he? I believe so, yes. Okay, cool, cool. At Dr. Knows Games and Comics. Comics and Games. Cool. Comics and games. games. Check it out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're doing um, what you like to do. Yes. I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. I, I hope I get to that position one day. Yeah. Hope so. I hope they pretty soon. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not going yeah. to give any spoilers yet. <laughs> but, you know what? The guys want to wrap it up. 
It was great having Seth and Julie um, just being named as podcast. Glad to be here. having us, yeah. Glad, 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 good. So I know you guys don't have any social media outlets. Nope. I know you stay away from the internet yeah, I'm, so much. I'm a teacher, so I'm dead on the internet. I, I know as a colorist, I, or as someone who works in the industry, I should, but I haven't set it all up yet. You need to set it up. I know, I know. You need to set that, it up. That's what I mean. Marcus and Omaka and everybody's like, you need to do like Twitter and Tumblr. And so what that. I'll do to my audience is tell them to go buy Heroes Cat. It's shoe 10. It has Julie. They only had your last name. Barclay. Barclay. That last little Barclay on the front cover, that's me. So next time, I had to put your full name inside the book. <laughs> yeah, got very exciting cover, Cats on a Speeding Train. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's a good jumping on point, too, because it's, it's the new issue after a story arc. So it's a great, it's a great jump, issue 10 is a jumping on point. Oh, it's a good done in one. Yeah. Done in one, yeah. okay, good. The next three issues, I think, are going to be like done in one, kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'll say. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump on board. Cool. I got the issue right. at Doctor Knows in my box. I'm got to pick it up this weekend. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and get Heroes Cat. We're gonna quiz you next week at Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm gonna also get. I'm gonna ask you which is your favorite cat. Yeah, I'm gonna get Zombie Trim too. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. <laughs> if you like it, that's great. That's. Hey, it's a bestseller for a reason, you know. So they're supposed to. I said. If I really want to get a comic book and just see uh, some nakedness and stuff like that, I do Zenoscope. Yes. Yeah. Um, bodacious women and yeah, nothing women. bad to say. Not my to say. I'm not the target. So I'd say saw some of the guys at Dragon Con. Real nice guys. They really are. Oh yeah. I got a free lot of free stuff. They trying to bore me, and reel me in. But I already was a fan, so it was too yeah. late. But well, that's it um, for today. Um, just being in the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope um, y'all have a great day.